Hey, game friends, GM John here. Holiday Havoc, Here Comes Santa's Claus, is a raucous and weird interdimensional romp and may contain some concepts, language, and scenes that are confusing, disturbing, or offensive to some listeners. With that in mind, listener discretion is advised. If you haven't listened to our first Holiday Havoc special, Hostage for the Holidays, we'd recommend you go listen to that first, as this series is a direct continuation of the story and includes characters and references you won't understand otherwise. You can find the whole series wherever you're listening to this episode. The Holiday Havoc series uses the Palladium Megaversal role-playing system and the Heroes Unlimited 2nd Edition book, as well as other Palladium books products. If you'd like to find out more about Palladium's megaverse of exciting and genre-bending role-playing games, you can find more at www.palladiumbooks.com or find their products wherever fine tabletop role-playing games are sold. With that said, buckle up and enjoy the show-ho-ho! you as you leave through the exit doors to the areas where you were currently either attending the match or participating in the match are transported back into the Starbucks where a bunch of very anxious dogs are waiting for you as well as Dr. Herbinoidus and Abominable Corny. Oh as soon as she sees you Santana's like you won and like is gonna run over and give you a hug of congratulations. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) You did so good. You went through buildings. It was so cool. I didn't expect that to work the way that did. You did all the sick tricks. (laughs) Well, you told me the squat on the board thing, and I did the squat on the board thing. So you did the sexy skateboarder squat, and it worked. (laughs) (laughs) I think the underqueen seems really nice. They had me in like this viewing box, and there were a couple of the other representatives. The underqueen seemed really nice. I sent some stuff to her because she seems like a good bee person. But I think that Janice Hotchkiss lady from the Dark Days celebration, I think they don't like us much. I imagine if anyone's going to challenge us at any point, it's going to probably be her and her people. Good to know. So I turn to Port Blonde and I'm like, so about the circles. Yes. At this point, I am still waiting to hear back from the tournament committee. They can, of course, take quite a while to respond. So if day two is largely the redemption rounds, does that mean we're not competing tomorrow? No, you will be competing tomorrow, but you will only have one match. Redemption competitors can have up to four consecutive matches in that day. I'm so glad you won. Oh my gosh. I gotta say, this is not how I saw my day going. (laughs) Me either, you know? Santana's like comforting all the dogs. And she's like, you know, if I didn't either, I really just thought it would be a couple of weird interviews that probably wouldn't pan out. So (laughs) good news is you're knocking out this interview. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Martina's going to sit down on the ground by you and hold her hand out to one of the dogs. (laughs) The dogs come over and give you big sniffs, and one of them gives you a lick right on the hand. I'm going to start petting that one. Would you believe we stole all of these dogs from a dog fighting ring that was getting closed up? 
They look so good. I know. We put a lot of time and effort into them. These guys were the not so abused. But back home, we've got a bunch of pit bulls everywhere. Pit bulls. But they've been helping the elves heal up. So helping the elves heal? Yeah, the Santa, we're in the bedroom because I don't want any of this being broadcast to the world. But the previous Santa to me was not a good person. And they put a lot of restrictions and stuff on the elves. And fun fact about elves, they can't have babies unless they're making gifts. The production of toys and gifts is kind of a big part of their reproductive system, which is why the doc was needed for so long because they weren't allowed to make gifts. And he was trying to find alternative ways for them to be able to have kids. I'm sorry, what is Santa's elves without making gifts? That's what I was trying to say the whole time. It's integral to our relationship with the world. So Hermonoidus is in there. They didn't know whether or not you wanted them in there. No, they always are invited. Yeah, yeah, so that's why he's the sex doctor, because he was trying to help them have babies when the previous Santa was being a real tyrant about things. So they got some emotional stuff to work through, understandably. Did you know we have three psychologists on retainer so far? Yeah. Sounds like quite the setup. Bigger than I would have assumed. Are the psychologists elves or are they abominables? And she kind of gives a funny face to Cormie, like, sorry, I don't know the right word. Nope. Just people. Cormie just shrugs. <laughs> They're just people that Eddie vetted out. He's been a really big help. I love that. Like the way Eddie and Santana met was he coordinated her kidnapping. So. <laughs> Corny actually leaves the room. She's got a notepad appropriately sized to her hands and a silly big pencil. And she's got little reading glasses on and she goes out and starts watching the TV. Cormie's always so dedicated to her work. Doc, were you able to get a hold of the gnomes? I haven't had any contact back from them yet. This is all a pocket dimension. So unfortunately, getting contact out of here is pretty difficult, but I'm trying every means I've got possible. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we'll want to get them involved if possible. Let them know that they brought me here without the clause, the official clause. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's actionable if we're being honest. Right? Yeah, totally seems that way. Do pocket dimensions exist outside of time? What I'm wondering is, am I the clause in the future? And so that's why they were able to do it, because I am the clause. I'm just not yet. Parplon, for their part, says this pocket dimension does technically exist outside of time. Once you have finished your tasks here and the events, you will be returned back to your normal place in your home dimension at the same period at which point you were removed from it. Narnia. You can wear makeup. Thank you. Could we come back, though? Yes. 500 (laughs) years from now, assuming you are still the person that is responsible for your holiday, yes. Wait, does being Santa make you immortal? Well, no, because there was a previous Santa. He killed himself with cocaine and hookers. Most Santas get killed out of being the Santa. It's a lot more dangerous than maybe the nursery rhymes and stuff would lead you to believe. So murder versus old age is an issue. Yeah, more likely murder, I guess. And also, I don't know how much cocaine you have. Like, if you intentionally have to take that much cocaine for it to be a suicide but I suppose I just shouldn't like take any naps with like belts around my neck or anything. <laughs> I guess I could off myself. Yeah. So I think it's mostly suicide and murder. Boy, you make it sound real dark. I wasn't asked to be the Santa. It's just sort of something you are. So I'm still trying to figure it out, but it's a very violent lifestyle, apparently. Did you have a chance to say no? No, not really. Doesn't that bug you? No. I mean, so... 
maybe I should tell you how I became the Santa insert episode, like season one. (laughs) (laughs) For more details, go to. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to find out what happened to poor Santana during season one, go back and listen to it on realplaygamespod.com. Yeah. So she's going to just basically start with, I was recording in my room one day. Have you heard of that live streamer that went missing who got torn out of the room? That was me. Oh my gosh. And then she's going to go into the story, talk about vampires and mecha suits and fighting multi-billionaires in the snow and her dark side and everything. So yeah, I guess since they don't really have anything to do this night that they have to, she's going to tell her her story. No, other than that, every once in a while, Corny will come in and give you the updated results on the matches as they're happening. Cool. Santana thanks her every time and has genuine gratitude in her voice. But yeah, she's going to get through the whole story and be like, and then, yeah, so for the last couple of months, it's just been getting things back together, undoing everything that other guy did. But now you know what the circles are for. She's going to glance around and then I think she's going to pull you into the bathroom to tell you this part so that it's just the two of you. It's a very well-appointed bathroom, by the way. Jacuzzi tub and everything. Oh, wow. I was picturing like a Starbucks bathroom. So it's just like (laughs) stalls. (laughs) They sprung for this place. And all of the bathrooms are similar to that, except for the dog one. And that's when she's going to be like, there's a ceremony that you have to do to become the claws. And it's basically standing on a circle while I stand on the other circle. If you do become the claws, it's going to enhance what you do. That's why I'm pushing for them to bring the circles here. And you can always walk away later if you don't want to. I already had one clause walk off. So if you want to leave too, you can. But with the opponents that we have, I don't want you to be anything less than you can be to fight back. Enhanced how? Because, I mean, I trust you way more than I ever trusted anyone in Dream Garden. But I've already been promised powers and they were not what I was told I would be getting. I totally get that. No, for me, I'm like bigger and stronger now than I used to be. And I have some magic, but the claws before you, he normally had super speed, but then when he became the claws, he was like way faster. So I think it's whatever you can do now gets better than what you have. That would be good. Yeah. Like he was faster. He was a little bit stronger. He was like, all of his powers were just better than what they were before he was the claws. And once he stopped being the claws, it went back to what he was before. So if you don't like it, once we're done with this, you can always just decide not to be the claws anymore. And then you won't have anything extra. You'll be just who you are right now. Okay. I mean, if we can get him here, I think that sounds great. Yeah. That's what I want because the claws is technically the champion of Santa. So that's what I'm trying to either get the circles or maybe get us excused from this one. And whoever Santa in 500 years can deal with it or. (laughs) This is future Santa's problem. Yeah, that's her problem. (laughs) If this exists outside of time, if we can't get the circles here, maybe they can send us back and we can go and do it and then they can bring us back again. That's what I'm trying for. Either of those two options. If we have to go through with this tournament, I'd rather you have the claws powers than not. Especially given some of what Cormie's told us about the other matches so far. Yeah. So with that being said, I think we'll come back into the main room because having conversations on your own is a little rude. Although I imagine the doc and Cormie kind of expect the claws and Santa to disappear and have conversations. Oh, yeah. They don't appear to be upset that you two are sitting there talking amongst yourselves at all. In fact, they are very eagerly currently watching one of the bouts that's going on right now. What do we see when we glance at the screen? Right now, you see Oda Bobotoho versus Memory Eve. 
What is their competition? Skateboarding? Their competition is create an artistic work before your opponent finishes theirs. Oh. And the location is a massive library. This is the biggest library that you've ever seen in your lives. It's called the Library of Bletherad. And the location is noted as the Palladium World. The stipulations are no combat allowed and time limit. Immediately as this starts, Lanap Lep attacks Ajda Chermitz and just starts going berserk on her. Do they stop it? It takes about a minute for it to be halted. The only thing that saves Aja is the fact that she uses an experimental force field at the last moment, as well as a horde of wolf-like people come in armed with weapons and just start beating the ever-loving piss out of Lanap Lep. What's going to happen now? Yeah. Like, like I'm asking uh, Parplon if Obadobatoha is going to be kicked out or what? As per the rules, they will immediately be placed into the redemption round. Not even a punishment. They would have just lost anyway if they weren't even artists. Now the other person's hurt. Yes, but they will be placed into the redemption rounds at the absolute worst possible ranking. We're both like cross our arms and pout. (laughs) Technically, only a warning is given to people who violate the no violence contract the first time. What happens if they do it twice? If they do it twice, not only will they be eliminated from their current round, but they will also be forced to concede a boon to whatever team has had the misfortune of being attacked when the no combat allowed rule is broken. If she'd have fought back, would she be in trouble too, or would she be okay? Oh, she started fighting back after he started attacking her. Okay. And she's allowed to. If they attack you first, you're allowed to defend yourself. So have all of the competitions been finished with this one? The last of the events is finished, but there is a challenge at the end of it. Oh, from who to who? It is made by Chief Arbiter Tanul of Otobobobtoho, and it is levied against Memory Eve. So they're rep versus the other rep? Correct. And at this point, DJ Cooper is currently up on a large screen in front of the main audience. And he says, don't worry about a cat, Daddy. I want to do a social event. And immediately, a series of glyphs starts to appear in the middle of the arena. One pops up at random, and you hear, Objective, wheel and deal to get the most money possible out of your customers. Environment, Narunia Enterprises Ecoplex, Phase World. Stipulations, high-pressure sales environment. No combat allowed, lethal response. Ooh. So I am so sorry that we are in a competition where you are seen as so freaking invaluable. (laughs) Like very clearly, whatever happens to champion, who fucking cares? They're replaceable. But like the reps have a very different treatment, which is making Santana uncomfortable. Well, you watch as Tanul uses a number of psionic abilities to mind control a couple of customers into making purchases at extremely inflated prices. But DJ Cooper is a wheeler dealer extraordinaire and knows every little bit how to talk to people. It does appear that he has some problems for a little bit when a couple of customers who appear like they're under mind control start trying to attack him. But he throws a grenade that explodes into a sticky ball of goo at them. At the end of the event, he has far outsold Chief Arbiter Tanul. And as such, they pull off an extreme win and score a boon for Memory Eve. What's the boon going to be? Or do we know? It's not stipulated yet. 
looking at my skill sheet to see what I would have done in that, we might have owed a boon. (laughs) (laughs) And you can see the crowd start filing out of this massive arena. It is the end of the first day at this point. What is the bracket looking like? Like, who made it through? I can tell you who won their events today. The competitors that won the events today and will be bracketed tomorrow are Christmas, Oktoberfest, Knights of the Blood Moon, Dark Day, Kill Cruise 20XX. Kill Cruise 20XX also won a challenge that was levied to them by their opponent, May Day, directly after their event. What was that challenge like? That challenge was a travel 10 paces, turn and attack your opponent till one competitor is injured. And it took place on Yallerbrew Bridge to Hell. One L, not two. So wait, did the driver and his navigator both like just got into a fist fight with the cowboy, right? Yeah, yeah. Did but they, they had their, their car? car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, when they ended up running over Witch King Mama Walde, they ended up causing him to win as a result. Because the stipulation was to the injury. He was injured first and therefore won that tournament event. Oh, you're supposed to be injured first, not injure the other person first. What? What kind of a tournament is that? Can I hear about this? Can I be parplon? If the rules are like that, can you be very explicit with us? Because in our world, to the first injury means if you injure the other person, you win, not if you are injured. Yes, there was some matter of uproar during that challenge match when it took place, but the rules are the rules, so. Oh, absolutely. I just want to make sure we understand the rules by human standards. It is my sole duty to ensure that I am interpreting the will of Plonkris Entertainment Limited Incorporated as best as possible for you. Thank you. What about Queen Bee? Did they win their match? Unfortunately, Celebration of Honey lost their match. Their match was to sort as many random objects in pairs as possible within the time limit, and it happened in an environment called the Garbage Pit. The drone, while their competitor Jivon Kaladsnek was busy trying to pair things up in the Garbage Pit, the drone then laid down on top of him and tried to crush him to death because combat was allowed as a stipulation. Four minutes later, Jivon Kolodsnek managed to hack himself out of underneath of the drone and then systematically cut every single one of its limbs off at the joints. Did the queen replace her drone with a different champion? She did. She replaced it with one that's called the warrior. That's maybe a better choice. It's smaller, but it also has the ability to fight. Let's send her a sorry you lost your drone thing. I'm trying to make social ties with people, but I do not know as a human being how to do so. So I am falling back on like the animal sense of like gifts. So the two of you have the rest of the night to relax and enjoy yourselves. You fortunately did not incur any injury whatsoever during the event, Martina, which is very fortuitous. You're going into tomorrow super fresh. Do they have like a competitor's breakfast or anything like a banquet? The meals are typically drawn from provisions that are provided in the lodgings of each competitor, but there is a big open area where different teams can go and mingle with one another outside of the buildings that they're actually housed in. Okay, I'm going to keep a watch out and see who's good and who is not of the people I haven't seen yet. I know about the Chief Arbiter of Tanul. I know about Oracle Hans from Oktoberfest, DJ Cooper from Memory Eye, Janice Hotchkiss from Dark Day, Vorgish Tarlon from the Knights of the Blood Moon, and Dumpy Dog from the Cartoon Land. 
Yeah, well, again, your nearest neighbors to the left-hand side of you is especially Wacky Day, and to the right side of you is Nassel Yedstvo. How are they? Are they good? They both register as good near sight. Okay. Should we interact with them while they're out next, do you think? Well, funny enough, around midnight of the evening, one of them, Jivan Kolaznek, the champion, comes and raps on your door. I answer it. You answer it, and his translator, by the way, is behind him, because as he starts speaking, you realize he's speaking a language you don't understand at all, but the translator immediately starts to translate his words into English for you. Hello there. We are the Polsklusnik people, and we wished to make ourselves known to our fellow competitors and our neighbors especially. I am Jivan Kolaznik. I am the chief blade of the Polsklusnik people. Greetings. I am Fantana. I am the hearth warmth of the coldest season, and this is my champion. She's going to glance over at you to see if, like, she wants to introduce you, but doesn't want to, like, step on your toes. I'll just jump in, and I'm Martina, or Nightfire. I'm her claws. And now that he's near you, you realize this guy's closer to six and a half feet tall than he is six feet tall. And the different traceries that were on his skin are, in fact, surgical scars, When he's closer, you can tell that there's slightly differing flesh tones amongst some of the different pieces that make up his body. I am of the understanding that you have also filed a formal complaint with the tournament committee, and I had hoped to speak with you regarding how well that has been working out for you thus far. Absolutely. I'm going to turn to Harplan and be like, is it appropriate to invite them in? Should we be stepping out to speak to them? It's a little weird to be standing in the doorway. The choice is yours, of course, Santa. All right, I'll be like, would you like to come in? He nods, and he actually ducks a little bit as he's coming through the doorframe, which opens perfectly into the little courtyard where all the other people can gather at this point. He's dressed very much like an undertaker, although there's little pouches that he has along different parts of his outfit that seem to be containing blades. And as he looks around the interior of the Starbucks, Once again, not sponsored. He says, this is quite different from our lodgings. I imagine so. It's different from what our normal lodgings look like, too. Um, If we may, I kind of want to ask him to come into the bedroom so that we can talk freely. But it's also very weird to invite somebody into your bedroom. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Do you wish to speak privately? I'm going to ask. I have no fear of speaking in public on this matter. Excellent then yes, we have filed a complaint and we have yet to hear back from it. We too have yet to hear back regarding our complaint. You see, our, as it is called apparently through your people, holiday is more of a regular ritual that happens every time one of my people becomes ill to the point where they are no longer able to live much longer. So it's more of like a right rather than a holiday. Exactly, and that is most of our qualm with this tournament that is taking place. It is upsetting that something that many of these groups only celebrate once every one of their cycles, we have happened hundreds, maybe thousands of times in one of our years. That's understandable. It sounds almost like somebody conflating a religious rite with a celebration, and those two things are often separate. My complaint is quite different with them. I do represent a holiday. However, my holiday always comes with a specific role for our champion, and they have not honored that by allowing my champion to take on her full role. He nods. I see the tournament organizers seem fairly unreasonable. 
Yes, it's quite disappointing. I wish we could compete at our full strength if we must be involved in something like this. But our situation is obviously very different from yours because it sounds like you should not be involved at all. Yes, it was our hopes that we would be able to cause ourselves to be released from the tournament. But at this point, it seems unavoidable. So we are simply trying to win. Understandable. If there's anything short of anything dishonorable that we can do to help, we would be very happy to do so. I would sooner be divvied up and given to my closest friends and relatives than try and commit something dishonorable in a tournament. Same. Martina's listening, but largely just focused on controlling her facial expressions at this point. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Divvied up and given to friends. Okay. We would be delighted to learn more about your culture and your people if you would be willing to share, if you would like to have breakfast with us tomorrow. He nods very approvingly and says, yes, I will speak to my representative and we will try to set that up. In honor, thank you. I'm guessing with that he goes because that seems like the end of a conversation. It does, in fact. He gives you a very deep, meaningful bow and then he walks out of the room and back towards his lodging. I guess before he goes, may I ask, would you be open to having the Underqueen also attend breakfast with us? He looks a little perplexed for a moment. He says, that would be very interesting company, I think. Excellent. Okay, so yeah, then she would let him go. And then I think she'll ask Harplan if he would be willing to extend an invitation to breakfast with them and the representative and champion from Nasal Yespo. Harplan puts a hand up to their head and you can see they concentrate for a moment. Yes, the, the invitation has been received. So the only people I don't think I've seen yet to be able to see if they have checks or crosses would be the people from Kill Cruise 20XX and Memory Eve, I think. Also the Knights of the Blood Moon. No, they're ish, which I believe uh, Santana would have 100% shared with you who's on the naughty list and who's on the nice list and who's kind of in the middle and not leaning one way or the other. I can picture her just like when they're in public and trying to, what about that one? And she's just, Thumbs up, thumbs down, sideways. Yeah, 100%. She'd be like, yeah, good person, bad person. Mm, Don't go near them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she would have definitely said, don't go anywhere near Janice Hotchkiss. Don't trust her. She is not the worst I've seen, but a bad person. The worst person I've seen is actually on Earth. That's upsetting, right? I mean, on the one hand, it's encouraging that people here aren't worse than the worst you've encountered on Earth, because we survive on Earth every day. (laughs) We're number one for evil. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So yeah, I'd like to kind of keep an eye out. Do I see Kill Cruise 20XX or Memory Eve go outside? Or yeah, those two. Mm, I guess Memory Eve, I know DJs, I think they're pretty morally nebulous. Like Yeah, Memory Eve, both members are, from what you've seen, pretty morally nebulous. Kill Cruise 20XX, you know for a fact that their representative, not a good person. What about them? El Scorcho has a single red slash across him, whereas his navigator has a green check. I let you know that. I trust the navigator over anyone else there and don't trust their rep. The girl in pink's not good. Who's outside right now? You don't see a lot of people outside right now, especially after their first matches. It seems like everybody's the ones that lost are taking a little time to lick their wounds. You do see Janice Hotchkiss and her retinue. She's got a couple of very beautiful, tall, model-esque women surrounding her, and they're all laughing. I'm not going out there. Maybe we'll wait till she moves on and then we'll go out there. 
I think we're going to wait till the courtyard's open and then maybe take the dogs for a little walk around the courtyard area so they can get their legs stretched and see if anyone wants to approach us. Okay. Once Janice Hotchkiss and her retinue end up leaving, you go out with 12 very excited dogs who are all very happy to go out and see what's going on outside. There's only a couple of groups outside at this point. Melody Hoodwink seems to be roaming around with a microphone in her hand, and she's looking very desperate at this point. When she sees you, she goes to straighten her little beehive hairdo and trots over towards you. But she stops when she sees all the dogs and she says, Oh, dear. Hi. I give her a wave, but I'm definitely not letting go of the leashes. She starts gingerly walking over closer and you see her motioning and a cameraman hurries up to like run towards her. And she says, why, hello there, everybody. It's Santa Santana, your best friend and mine. And I, of course, Melody Hoodwink with KNN News. Santa Santana, what do you have to say about your champion's win today? I'd like to think Martina's win speaks for itself. She suddenly shifts the microphone over to you, Martina. And Martina, my best friend, and yours, just like you're my best friend, how do you feel about the momentous occasion today where you've ended up taking Christmas to one of the first positions in the championship tier? I feel good. It was a lot of fun. She hugs both of you and she says, you heard it here first, folks. These two are just ecstatic about their win today. And we're going to have more to talk with them about over the next couple of days because they appear to be really strong contenders, although not maybe as strong as we are. And then she just wanders off. She doesn't say anything else to you. She just walks away. We're good with that. Yeah. Other than that, you can see that the bee queen is out currently just lazily producing more drones on her (laughs) balcony. I'll give her a wave. She lazily waves one of her tiny little forearms towards you. She seems busy, though, so I wouldn't want to interrupt her. The going ashore, were they good or bad? Did I see them? Both bad. Both their representative and Saffron Vale, the champion, are morally reprehensible. They are outside, but there is a massive black pavilion that's been erected around their representative to the point where you can't see anything about them. (laughs) And the Otoboto Toto. That is the Dirari Ecto men. They are both evil as hell. That's Chief Arbiter Tanul and Lanap Lep. She's telling you all this as we're going around. Yeah, Lanap Lep was actually the first person to end up getting disqualified during a match today. Ah, uh, yeah. And the Circuit of the Great Un. Neither one of them has a morality. They're more robot than people. I've seen this before. Biff Jizos, he has some people like that. That could be our future. I hope not. Yeah, me too. Mayday? Mayday, you can see that they have actually allowed the little window into their personal quarters, which is an occult bookstore, of course. They're actually doing a little ritual dance on the inside of it. The Maynard, who is the representative, is morally in between. Mama Walde is more towards good. He's one stripe, but it's a kind of dull looking red. Okay, and the Gunaguda? Well, they're both magnificent bastards. They both suck. You can see their exes through the buildings. Ooh, that's bad. I tell you how bad that is. The Quam? Quam are both good. They both check off as good. Consumption forever. Evil. And they have actually already been forced to replace their champion. Why? 
because during the fight with the Knights of the Blood Moons champion, she managed to lure the Sent Manus inside of a barn. They were fighting in the Middle Ages in Romania, and she set the barn ablaze with both of them in it and walked out several minutes later with her armor completely charred and her clothing burnt off, but still standing. Okay, so they burnt that one's champion alive? Undead. It was a giant conglomerate zombie anyway. What's the name of their new person? Let me provide that for you, because that's actually been updated on the roster. The new replacement is the Myrmidon. You can see it's a very large figure, much smaller than the Sentimanus was, but it has armor hammered directly into its skin. Before the two of you retire for the evening, they do finally end up updating the matches for the next day, and they make an announcement regarding the next day's matches. There's going to be a twist in each match. Is that like on Project Runway, where it's like they throw a little twist in during the event? That's correct. That's how I ask it to Harplon. I'm like, is it like Project Runway? Harplon, they don't seem necessarily certain what a Project Runway is. They get the gist of what you're thinking. You are actually the last match of the day. Okay. Martina, do you think we're still going to like reality shows after we're done with this? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't a big fan of reality shows beforehand, so. (laughs) (laughs) I I liked Project Runway, so now I'm going to be looking at that a little different. Okay. So who are we matched up against? You have been matched up against Orktoberfest. Aw, our friends. Are they good enough that if they get knocked out now, they're going to be okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not really in a lot of danger right now. They can't be in a position where they're immediately eliminated from existence during this competition. Okay, well, that's good enough for me. Do we know what the match is? No, you're not informed of that until it's taking place. (laughs) Worth a shot. All right, so I think we're ready to go to bed. Yeah, and did you want to know the other matches that are taking place in your bracket? Yes. Okay, it is Dark Day versus Knights of the Blood Moon, Kill Cruise 20XX versus Guna Guna, and Nasli Yedsvo versus Memory Eve. And the redemption round is like battle bots. The round where they put all the robots into a, a box together. It's sort of like that, but the losers on day two end up getting dropped into the further matches during the redemption round. So the people that get put into the redemption round the first have to fight against the people that lose other matches as well. That's a nightmare. I'm really got my fingers crossed for you, Martina. I really do. If you win your round today, you're effectively in the semifinals. And if I lose? If you lose, then you are going to face at least one more round in the redemption rounds. All right. Let's rest up, get the dogs fed. and Any news on the circles? None whatsoever yet. The only thing that you've received from Barplon is that the tournament committee is still debating. I find that very upsetting, but I'm not going to take it out on Barplon because it's not his fault. I need to check for something really quickly as you guys, as you folks rest for the evening. Did we get any news back from the gnomes? Oh, you've already received message back from the gnomes. They say they are vigorously pursuing this situation to the fullest extent of their legal capacity. Ooh, nobody likes contract law like a gnome. That's right. They're digging right into it. (laughs) Martina, over the course of the night, you would say it would probably be hours into the two of you ending up falling asleep. You hear a series of strange noises coming from within the walls themselves, and it wakes you out of a sound sleep. 
can I discern what it is or exactly where in the walls it's coming from? You can't see exactly where it is, but as you wake up, you can see completely fine inside of the darkened room that you're in because darkness means nothing to you whatsoever except a good time. Your hearing is acute enough that you can almost follow this. It sounds like something is moving through the pipes inside of the walls. I'm going to follow it. As you get closer to the wall in an attempt to continue tracing where this thing is as you're moving through the room and doing so amazingly stealthily given your power. As you reach the door, the noise goes silent. I open the door and kind of peek outside. You open the door and peek outside and you just see one of the other dogs, not Rosie, because Rosie's asleep currently on the bed with Santana right now, as are a couple other dogs. But one of the dogs is just standing there outside the door, wagging their tail. Hi, buddy. Do you hear anything weird? How many dogs are in the room? Twelve. I have only twelve dogs. It's a good thing that you don't really have the ability to relate that to her yet, because you're not awake right now. I know. If you want to, you can go ahead and see if you can roll under your physical endurance on a d20 to wake up. Oh, man. I Okay. Yeah, the dog moves forward and starts licking your hand a little bit. Does it look like a pit bull like all of Santana's other dogs? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't be able to distinguish it from the other ones. How'd you get left out here? Oh, I got a three. Santana, you wake up just in time to shout a couple of words as you realize that all of your dogs are piled on the bed or around the bed with you. But there's another dog out in the hallway looking at Martina right now. Can I tell if it's a dog or not with the fact that I can do... uh... You can't read anything off of it at all. And normally I would be able to tell if something's a beast I can influence. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't get anything from it. You don't know whether it's good, bad, what. She's going to sit up, see her dog, see that dog, and go, not my dog. Martina, you get to roll initiative now rather than getting a sneak attack. As this dog's tongue starts lolling out of its mouth and it just keeps on lolling across the floor. Twelve. Twelve total? Okay. Santana, if you would like to react, you can do an initiative check as well because you are awake at this point. It got an eleven just for an FYI for you. Initiative? Yeah. I don't think you have a bonus to it yet. Oh yeah, I don't. (laughs) Six. Martina, you act first. Still looks like a dog. Weird tongue dog, right? Oh, yeah. Its tongue is about five feet long at this point, and it just keeps going. I don't want to, like, blast it to smithereens, so I'm going to do a wheel kick. Okay, go ahead and make an attack roll. No, I am not. That's a five total. Oh, no, yeah. As you throw a wheel kick at it, you're still a little bit clumsy from the fact that you just woke up about a minute ago, Tops. And as you're shaking off the fatigue, it doesn't move its body so much as it just drops its neck and lets it hang. And as it does so, you see its neck start stretching out too. And as it lashes its head upwards suddenly, its tongue starts getting an edge on it as it's flying up towards you like a blade. Okay, If you want to dodge it, you're going to have to get a 16 or better. I am going to try to dodge. Okay. And that will take one action from your total action pool. Ooh, nat 20. Oh, wow. 
you not only managed to leap out of the way of this attack, but you flip directly over whatever this creature is and watch as this bladed tongue slices right through an end table. It's inside now? It's right out in the hallway attacking her. Does he stay with us or does he go home at night, Parplon? Parplon actually stays with you. He's been staying in a room with Abominable Corny and Dr. Hermanoidus. Okay, so she's going to shout, Parplon, call for help. Something's attacking us. And then I think she's going to go invisible because she doesn't want to get attacked and she doesn't really have anything that can help. Well, I guess I could do like something to slow him down. Will we have enough time for me to get back my PPE overnight? Yeah, it's only right now it would be, again, like five in the morning for you. Okay. I'm going to try and cast Speed of the Snail on it. Ooh, okay. Let's roll and see if it saves. Oh, no. There's no one else I can see, right? Just it? Just it right now, yeah. Okay. You start casting your spell, and that's going to use two actions from your action pool to cast. Yeah. It's limbs, ropey little appendages that are starting to protrude out of it as its amorphous form continues shifting. Start locking up. Your spell successfully works on it. Yes. Well, I'm not playing around anymore. I'm going to shoot a small bolt at it because I don't want to just blast it into smithereens. I want to get answers if we can. Okay. Nine. Well, ooh, it opens up a hole inside of the area where its torso previously was, and the bolt passes directly through it. That's inconvenient. It's moving very sluggishly now, but you can see even as it's starting to move, its body shifts and morphs. And as it's standing up, it suddenly assumes the form of Santana. I wanted to just shout out, hit her in her boob. It's her weak spot. (laughs) (laughs) Santana's weak to decapitation. Santana, it is your turn, by the way. Real Santana. Am I visible from the doorway where that thing is? You are, yeah. I'm going to move out of its vision. (laughs) Just kind of scoot to the side. Yeah, I'm going to stay out of sight. Like, I don't have a lot of offense powers. That's not really my strength. So I'm going to just kind of move to the side and wait. Yeah, your action will just be you running and taking cover inside of the bedroom. Yeah, hiding behind something. I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of offense. Maybe lets me know that Santana out here, I can fight. Yeah, like the last thing you need is me and that Santana wrestling around on the ground or something and then having to figure out which one's us. Yeah. And it is your turn once again, Martina. Small bolt. That's better. 23. Oh, wow. It does not shift its body out of the way this time. You strike faux Santana directly in the breast. 16. There's a blast, and you can see that there's a big burn mark for a moment before the skin starts to ripple back and spread the damage out across this thing's body. And it holds a hand up, and a sudden hemispherical field of dark energy surrounds it. You can still see it through it, but it looks like it's some kind of protective field that this thing's conjured. This is in Santana's voice. Boy, you're really good. Whose turn is it now? It is your turn, Santana. Is that magic it has up? It is a magical ability. Is that something negate magic would work against? You could use that, yes. But that will also negate the effect of your speed of the snail. Do you want him faster in the ball? Fast is fine. Okay, I'm going to negate magic on him. Okay. 
the field of magical dark energy that this thing has created collapses at the same time that your previously cast spell does. I'm going to step aside and hide again. Well, that'll leave you. You'll have one action left for the turn because that'll also use two actions from you. Uh, I think I only had two actions left starting. Okay, this. then that'll that'll tap you out for the round. Yeah, because I had two, a hide, and then this one. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I got. I, I believe think. we are now on your last action as well. He shrugged that off a little too well, so plasma bolt, full on. Ooh. 17. Wow. Without the field of dark energy, this thing is forced to rely solely on its reflexes, and while it's fast, it ain't that fast. Ah, only 20 damage. Only. Only 20 (laughs) damage. (laughs) It's a 1d6 times 10 plus 10, so it was literally the lowest I could roll. Well, it's also dark in here, so that gives you an additional d6 worth of damage. Oh, oh, okay. Your Night Stalker applies for all of your abilities. I got so 24. Yeah. As you hit this thing, it howls in pain, and it is a very unearthly sound. It goes, and you can see it start forcing its body through a very small hole in the wall as it starts slipping back into the walls again. Is there any way to trap it? There is a loud bang on the front door of the Starbucks. And several of those purplish-skinned armored creatures that you had seen previously guarding the exterior are running inside of the building. Santana points at the thing. She's pointing at it. As you're pointing at it, Santana, the last little bit of it gets sucked up inside of the wall. But you know what the good thing is? This wasn't in the bedroom or a bathroom. So there should be recordings of what happened in the room. So she's going to be like, it went that way. It was, I think, a shapeshifter with dark magic. Pull the tapes. They're already pulling the tapes. You can see one of them go and connect a little wire to a pad that was very similar to Parplon's and starts taking information. Did Parplon, the doc, and Cormie see what happened too? They're awake. Only Parplon at this point got to the door in time. Corny's a deep sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. And the doc didn't fall asleep until late. So they were pretty tired as well. Parplon, are you guys okay? Yes, we are in fine shape. I am surprised that something like this could have occurred. Do you know who or what that was? I could not say for certain. Even looking back at the security footage, it certainly, as you had stated previously, seems like a shapeshifter. Since the day isn't over, can I use the Santa Force to see if I've ever encountered something like that before? Yeah, I mean, it would take, you'll refresh it when you wake up, wake up at the beginning of day two proper. That's why I'm willing to drop one on it. Yeah, give me a Santa Force check. 20 out of 80. You dealt with shapeshifters in a number of different incarnations previously, but the speed that this one shapeshifted at strikes you as unusual. It's not necessarily something that most other shapeshifters can replicate, and it leads you to believe that this might be a certain type of creature known as a reshaper. Parplon, have you heard of a reshaper? They look at you quizzically for a moment and they say, it is not a term that I am familiar with, no. I don't trust anybody here. Oh, no. Except for Parplon. Aw. If he betrays us, I will be so sad. It would be the cruelest betrayal. It would, because she's already got like a place lined up in mind for him at the North Pole because she wants to take him with. Aww. He's so sad. 
Are any of our opponents shapeshifters? And do reshapers come from a specific place or is it like a class versus a race? No, it's a species. A species, okay. Yeah, that much you know. They are masters of shapeshifting. They are potentially some of the greatest shapeshifters in existence. But there's also not a huge amount of them. I tell you and Parplon what I know. And the Doc and Chromie, they wake up. These security officers, the Kidians, also take down a great deal of information from you and do a very thorough examination of the place, including with using some kind of weird magical device that seems to consist of a large eye under glass attached to a staff. They seem to have a lot of technology. Do they have anything like a portable panic room in case this thing comes back? They look amongst one another and Parplon says, unfortunately, it is so implicit that people are not supposed to enter any of the rooms for the teams that no one would think something like this could even happen. I am certain Lord Plonkrith is simply raging right now, and I would never want to be on his bad side. May he be praised. Okay, then is there a way we could maybe get a panic button or something? So if this happens again... We don't have to worry that if something happens to Parplon, heaven forbid, we would not be able to get help. There's a small conversation that Parplon has in the language that these big brutish creatures speak. And Parplon finally tells you, do not worry. We will have an increased security detail at all times. Thank you, Parplon. Of course. I live to serve. I guess we go back to bed. Thank you, Martina, for waking up and for catching that. I wonder if it would have left us alone if I didn't open the door. If it was one of the dogs, then it wanted to come in. But do you think it was just trying to see if any of the contestants heard or if it was targeted to us? I don't know. It was moving through the pipes and then it stopped at our door. Doesn't mean it didn't try stopping at other doors, too. We'll check with the Underqueen and Javon Klotzbeck. You know, that really easy to remember name. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you made it super nice for me. I'm a helpful guy. Neither one of them, as relayed by their translators, had any kind of situation like that. You are, in fact, the only team that had a situation happen like that, although assumptions are quickly made that this may be related to the same that attacked one of the competitors in the day previous. So somebody's cheating. Yeah, and security is at an all-time high right now. In fact, it's so secure that you almost miss a tiny little voice in your ear once you've woken up and gone to get some breakfast in the Starbucks food area. Again, not sponsored. But you can see from outside the screen that wards off the team quarters from everywhere else in the Dinja Hawk Air. There's a little floating boy with his face pressed against this little forest screen, waving and looking directly through the glass into your doorway to wave back it's a child does he seem good well he's floating in the air and he seems just so very good you can see he's got a big glass with something red in it in one of his tiny little hands and even from the distance that he's at through all that security you can hear santana hi how you doing girl the mexican baby jesus it's mexican baby jesus oh my gosh can i wave at him can i be like he can come through i know him he waves. The guards will not let anybody through. However, you are able to go and talk to him through the force field. He can hear you through it. Like, hey, Mexican baby Jesus, did you know this was going to happen? You know, it's not something I was really anticipating. Martina, are you there as well? I follow her out, absolutely, or follow her over. You see a tiny dark-haired boy with a halo of light over his head and a little white robe on him. He's holding a party glass in his hand, and he's talking to Santana through this force shield that you know 
no sound should come through, but you can hear his voice as well. And he says, Martina, how you doing, girl? Nice to finally get to meet you in person. Hi. This is Mexican Baby Jesus. I've prayed to you. This is weird. Yeah, tell me about it. Isn't it strange when you meet people like that? Where are the wise men? Oh, they're not here. I'm actually going to a reunion. We're having a big baby Jesus reunion here. Oh, well, I hope you have fun. There's multiple baby Jesuses? Oh, yeah. It's a megaverse. There's tons of baby Jesuses. (laughs) Did you hear about the attack on us last night? I did. That's the most horrible thing. Yeah, I think it was a reshaper. Do you know how one of them would be here? I mean, if they can look like anybody, it would be real easy for them to get in, especially since, from what I understand, they can copy something down to the molecular level. They might have even been smuggled in as an item. Oh, that's scary. Isn't it? Tell me about it. It could be this twink in my hand right now, but it's not. (laughs) Do you know any way of being able to recognize them in any shape? I mean, if I saw them, I would know. You see one? Are you going to be watching the competition? Oh, yeah. We're here to party, girl. We're going to have a good time, catch up with everybody. If you see one of them reshapers around, would you let us know? Because I think they're after us. He puts his little hand up to his head and gives you the tiniest little salute as he takes a sip from the little fruity drink he's got. He's like, virgin, of course. Thanks. I'd give you a gift, but force field. He shrugs and he says, I'm with it hard. I'm not worried about it. But I gotta go. We're gonna be doing shuffleboard soon, and I don't want to miss out. Orc Baby Jesus is always so good, but I think I'm gonna take him this year. Good luck on it. Hope you win. All right, girls, you be good. Stay out of trouble. Uh, We wave, and I'm like, he's who I was telling you about. (laughs) This is by far, I know conceptually, this isn't the weirdest thing that's happened to me in the last 48 hours, but this is kind of the weirdest thing that's happened to me in the last 48 hours. I felt the same way when I got kidnapped and made into the Santa. He still was the weirdest kind of part of it. Good part, but a very weird part. Absolutely. He's adorable. Right? So I guess we'll be heading back to breakfast because we're supposed to have breakfast with the queen. and They actually meet you for breakfast. Both the members of Nasliedstvo and the queen herself. The warrior is too busy pacing around protecting the queen. And she just eats goo the whole time. But she has a very rich conversation with you. Awesome. Yeah, I think I would just want to kind of know more about their cultures and stuff. Talk probably about the reshaper attack. Make sure that they weren't attacked. Let them know that I think someone's trying to take out contestants for some reason. So to watch their backs. As you're speaking to her through her interpreter, she says to you, I am unconcerned about my own personal safety. My soldiers will die. My drones will die. All before I will be threatened. True. Just I worry about you because you only have one warrior and they don't let you have another, right? No, but at that point, we would simply leave the competition. But doesn't something bad happen if you leave? Only if we lose one of the first two matches that takes place in the redemption tournament. The first round of the redemption tournament, because all four matches happen simultaneously. The first two matches to conclude, the loser is removed from their position historically. Yeah, I can understand her position. I just have concerns because it seems like whoever is launching these attacks is very dishonorable. And I hate to see good people caught up as collateral in dishonorable acts. I appreciate your concern, small one. I will keep that in mind for the future. 
Yeah. And the Nasalyatsvo, do they have anything? They seem pretty concerned about the whole notion of somebody cheating on top of the fact they don't feel they should be here as well. But they're pretty quiet and don't eat that much. Could we have like a password again in case somebody shape changes us? Would be a very good idea. We'll probably have done that in the Starbucks the night before. Okay. What's the password? Yeah, what is our secret <laughs> I just keep thinking we just shout out random Christmas song lyrics and the other one has to respond with the correct lyric that comes after it. Hey, as long as they're not copyrighted, let it rip. I was actually thinking Jingles Bells, Batman Smells, Robin's Light. (laughs) Because it's like a very human. Perfect. (laughs) You can tell what my maturity level is in this one. And it's so embarrassing for me as an adult. (laughs) So you have the option to go and watch some of the matches as they're taking place, or you can watch or do whatever you like from your lodgings. But once again, you are the very last team to be in competition today, at least as far as the champions circuit is concerned. I would be very interested in seeing the dark day versus night's fight. Yeah, It can't hurt us to watch matches and learn what other people can do. Does she get to come with me if I go watch in the observation things? She can. Okay, then yeah, I'll go there with her. In the observation deck, you both see that Janice Hotchkiss looks incredibly pleased with herself. And she's got a couple hangers on with her, those models that were always around with her. Right before the event is supposed to take place, she stands up and demands a challenge. Let me guess. Yeah, who's she challenging? No, she challenges Knights of the Blood Moon. Ooh, to what? Well, that ends up being the choice of Vorgesh Tarlon. He picks social. Interesting. So the judges set the objective, the environment, and the stipulations, as well as the twist. Environment, Central Park, New York City. Stipulations, no combat allowed, disqualification, time limit. Twist, no magical abilities. As Vorgesh Tarlon is getting up on a literal soapbox in the park and starting to talk to the crowd about Vald Tagor and how much he loves keeping them safe from vampirism, except for the faithful few, Janice Hotchkiss walks directly towards him, reaches up and grabs both of his arms, yanks them off of his body, and jams one of them stump first through the front of his mouth and partly out of the back of his head. They are in an immediate disqualification. Santana turns and throws up in the observation booth on whoever or whatever is next to her. Dumpy Dog, unfortunately, does not manage to get out of the way. She apologizes profusely, but that's not something a normal person can see and be okay with. And Santana is mostly normal. As Dumpy Dog is starting to say something in response, he too starts to throw up. Oh, God, does she create a chain, a child, a problem child chain? No, there's no reverse peristaltic motion other than him. But you see him reach into his pocket and pull out a very large squeegee, comically large, and run it over himself. I'm so sorry, Dumpy Dog. That just was so, that's not allowed, right? It's in pretty bad taste, I'll tell you that much. Gee. They said no combat. Yeah, well, clearly they're going to be disqualified and automatically Knights of the Blood Moon gets a boot. I don't think that's going to make him feel much better. No, I don't think so either. I mean, he's pretty dead. People inside of this area are booing as Janice comes back inside of it. I'm going to ask Parplon, at what point in that would his retaliation been justified? At what point was it considered an attack? 
immediately as soon as she had laid hands on him. Once she initiated any kind of physical contact, it would be considered an attack. Okay. The match between Dark Day versus Knights of the Blood Moon is next, and the Crimson Lance seems incredibly upset. She actually walks from her circle area towards the crowd, pulls her helmet off to reveal just a mane of long hair and incredibly aristocratic features with like a dusty, almost sandy skin tone. And she looks directly into the eyes of one of the crowd members. They're green skinned and have like three toes on each foot and three fingers on each hand. And they just climb over the barricade and leap into her arms before she bites them and starts sucking all the blood out of them. You see a red ring on her hand flare up with light. And as she bites into her own wrist and forces a little bit of blood into them, they stand back up. And she speaks to her interpreter, and you see on the little roster of competitors change, the new representative is this random crowd member that she pulled out and turned into a vampire. Because you have to have both a representative and a champion for an event. Yeah, but aren't the other people getting disqualified? They got disqualified from the challenge, not the event. So no real bad happens to you if you hurt somebody. Well, again, Knights of the Blood Moon was automatically rewarded the boon. And as the next event is announced, you can see in English what the next competition is, as well as the different stipulations and twists. Social. Fashion show. Objective. Shake that thing and make love to the camera. It's a simultaneous catwalk. Environment. Queen Mania's court. All vice. Hades. Stipulations. Combat allowed. Twist. All participants are magically blinded. Boon. Blood moon. Recipient is unhindered by stipulations or twists. So only the dark day skies are blinded. Yeah, and despite having an outfit that would easily run about a quarter of a million dollars in terms of the jewelry and the fashion designs on it, sweet, sad little Delilah Blanchard is immediately at a disadvantage because she can't see on the catwalk. She's a good enough model that she puts up a good showing, but as soon as the Crimson Lance comes out draped in flowing red silks and an outfit that appears to be at least partially made of actual bats, Delilah doesn't realize how bad she has it, especially when Crimson Lance leaps across the catwalk midway and starts to pull a blade that was constructing part of the back piece on her outfit and just starts hacking Delilah Blanchard to death right in the middle of the catwalk. Santana's covering her eyes. When she saw the woman jump, she covered her eyes and just said, tell me if people live. The last part that you would be informed of is just how incredible the Crimson Lance looked as she lifted Delilah Blanchard's decapitated head up and strutted the rest of the way down Delilah's catwalk with it. Little green Santana goes, yeah, I imagine it was very beautiful. I hate this place. (laughs) That is definitely not what I anticipated. (laughs) She's sitting there like this. Like, I'm sure it's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we should watch Kill Cruise and Guana Guana. Yeah, Guna Guna. The competition is physical slash mental repair and escape. The objective, restore three generators and escape via gates or an escape hatch. (laughs) Really? Is there maybe somebody hunting them? Indeed. The environment is Wrecking Yard, Digital Spooky Realm. Stipulations, unarmed combat only. Twist, hunted by serial killer. Have you ever heard of Dead by Daylight, Pam? 
the video game where a serial killer or a movie monster hunts you in a group of four people and you have to fix generators to either open a gate or escape through a hat. Okay. <laughs> I love your references, John. <laughs> Are they allowed to fight the serial killer? Only unarmed combat. In the game, you can't fight back at all. And watching this one, it is probably rated as the match of the day based on what the fans think. The big hunter Van Klutzak decides to try and attack the killer, a stalker that's got a pillowcase over their head and is carrying a chainsaw and a hatchet with overalls, flannels, and other very hick-looking clothing on directly with unarmed combat. And the two of them brawl all the way across the wrecking yard. But while he's doing that, the kill cruisers fix all three generators in short order and escape just as the killer is chopping Van Klutzak up with the chainsaw. I mean, it probably helps that there were two of them on Jenny's. <laughs> yeah, it makes it go a little faster, not doubly fast. That would be unfair, but. So did Smart Car Van Klusak have to be replaced by another? He did. The replacement that's made is a partial cyborg. They have what look like metal blades for their legs, and they are named Johannes Lopendegrap. What happens between the Nostal Yetzbo and Memory Eve? Ah, theirs is a really, really weird one. And ironically, right after one of the most entertaining matches of the day, it's viewed as just the most boring one in the world. Their competition is physical body control. The objective is don't move for the longest period of time. <laughs> the environment is a white room with black curtains and a huge transparent wall between the competitors inside of a temporal pocket void. Wait, is like breathing and blinking allowed or none of that either? Well, breathing and blinking are movement. <laughs> How long did that match last? Well, the stipulations are no combat allowed and longest duration wins. And the twist is the whole event area fills up full of bugs. Both teams can make preparations before they start going under. Once they've indicated they're ready to begin, a timer starts and little sensor clusters go all over their bodies. After that happens, bugs start pouring out of the holes in the walls and going over them until the entire room is full of bugs. Jivan Kolodznik intubates himself and then gives himself some kind of a sedative that just causes him to signal and then collapse unconscious. Whereas Ajak Chermitz uses some kind of device that puts her in a stasis field. They have to temporarily accelerate the time because the crowd is bored out of their minds. It takes two and a half days simulated time before Aja's stasis device fails, and she awakens freaking out under all of those bugs. However, she gets knocked out along with all the insects as they pump a powerful electrical shock into the room and then suck all of the bugs out off of her unconscious body and rouse her competitor. So Nasalyedstvo wins. Really glad that wasn't our challenge. Right? That would have been <laughs> awful. What would we have done with you? Well, I guess I could have entered my plasma state and stood oh. there because I don't actually need to breathe. <laughs> but would that have been a loss because plasma is always moving, isn't it? <laughs> we both turned to Parplon. <laughs> Parplon nods and says it would technically constitute movement. We'll have to remember the whole knocking you unconscious and intubating you thing. No, I'm good. Really loud on a hospital Lose. bed. <laughs> oh, crap. That means we're the last ones. That's correct, although some of the redemption matches have also taken place during this period. Okay, I'm sorry if any listeners find this boring, because I am enthralled. How did those go? 
Well, the first two ones that got eliminated were Especially Wacky Day. Especially Wacky Day had a puzzle-solving event in the deep astral plane with no combat allowed. The champions had to solve a series of increasingly different puzzles. And their twist was the loser of the event specifically, as far as like the person participating, is completely removed from existence. If they lose? Yes. How's Dumpy Dog looking about that? He looks thrilled. So Axel Axolotl ceases to exist. Well, because Axel Axolotl has nothing remotely resembling an attention span, they mainly skateboard around the whole place and hope that the situation resolves itself within 24 minutes. Woomnop just goes around very carefully doing all the puzzles. As soon as they finish the last puzzle, Axel Axolotl just disappears. You don't even remember the name Axel Axolotl. So do we know that someone disappeared or? You do. And you see on a big screen, Dumpy Dog disappears from inside of the area where you're at. And he appears on a clearly animated street on the screen. There's various animal characters running around. They're screaming curse words, doing drugs, having sex. A couple of them have like the bread signs that say the end is nigh. And you can see these big cones coming down from the sky towards them all. Only at the last second do you realize that they're a giant pair of hands and they start crumpling up the reality that all these cartoon characters are in. And as they do that, it cuts to a desk where an animator whose face isn't shown is working and they go, ah, nuts. Another one that's just not going to work out and toss the paper over their shoulder. Then they look down and they start doodling again. And they're like, you know, cartoons with babies always sell really good. And the first character they draw is Dumpy Dog as a stubby little baby. As the camera starts pulling out, going to black, he grabs the little circular edge of the camera, pulls it back towards him and says, ain't I a stinker? Before the screen goes black. That was like very close to the beginning of Tidy Tunes, the first episode. Wow. (laughs) And the second event that causes a holiday slash ritual to completely be removed from existence is Consumption Forever versus The Going Ashore. Their competition is physical race with the objective, kill the most victims before the environment does. Said environment is a place called The Cube. And the stipulations are competitors are not allowed to fight one another. While the twist is, the cube is alive and full of traps. The cube, yeah, I bet it is. The Myrmidon immediately starts plotting its way through these strange square rooms that are almost identical to one another, looking for human victims to find. Do they have little spinny things that you got to spin to open them up? And maybe there's one on each wall of the cube, so there's like six doors. I love how you're describing this for the people that are listening to this. Yes, that's amazing. And there's a movie called Cube. The premise of Cube is that you are in a cube filled with much tinier cubes, some of which were randomly trapped and the people have to try and find their way out. And the cubes shift around so you can't figure out where you are in the cube to find an edge of it. Through the video, you can watch as the (laughs) Saffron Veil just sits in the starting area and then removes the robes that they're wearing, which discorporate into a yellowish gas that starts spreading out all around them. Underneath, they're just a demonic-looking skeleton, and it crumbles to the floor in pieces once the robes come off. While the Myrmidon is stalking between all these different rooms and getting hurt by traps as it's hunting victims, the gas diffuses itself through the entirety of the cube, 
And each time the Myrmidon starts coming close to victims, it only finds hollow, rotting figures covered in a yellowish fuzz. The cameras cut away, and Ayanna Washington looks just furious as she disappears, and the camera reframes itself on what looks like a half-ruined science lab. There's overhead lights flickering as two humans in lab coats are hurriedly filling syringes to the sounds of gunfire and screaming through thick glass. A woman doctor with spectacles is screaming at a male doctor as the two of them are going to the barricaded door and throwing the bar off. She hands a needle to the male doctor and he leaps outside even as a zombie starts breaching the soldiers that are trying to fight off the tide of undead and jabs the zombie right in the chest. As they do so, a wave of gray goo spreads out over the creature and within seconds deteriorates its flesh to bone as the wave starts jumping from zombie to zombie throughout the horde. The doctors both look shocked, as do the soldiers who are soon in an area that's just filled with sludgy remnants of where the zombies have been previously. And as the doctors hug one another, the female doctor says, they worked! The nanites worked! Before the room erupts in cheers and then everything goes black on the camera. So ruining that holiday may be a good thing. Yeah. So it was a holiday celebrated by zombies. What happened? Out of character, John? The nanites ate the dead flesh from all the zombies. So they couldn't have a religion based around zombies if there's no more zombies. Correct. So basically Armageddon got stopped. It had already happened. It just got reversed. Wait, that could be very bad for humanity if what I represent goes away. Well, they're the only two that could be eliminated immediately from the tournament because they were the first two to resolve. Yeah, still very scary to think that if we'd have lost, because my holiday starts with like the beginning of mankind, like what I represent does that. Oof. Santana wants to throw up at the thought of like what would have happened if what she represents had been destroyed. (laughs) Well, in the next match, Santana's heart might end up being a little bit warmed because it's May Day versus the circuit of the great unfleshing. Uh Uh-huh. Now, it's a mental social event with blind speed dating. And both the representatives and champions are involved in this. Speed dating? Yeah. The objective is secure a second date with as many participants as possible. The environment is Love Island in the sexy zones. And the stipulations are no combat allowed. The twist is all of the dating competitors are genius loci. What? They're all spirits of places that are in this speed dating. So you're like dating Australia or Sydney or like, but it's the actual place. Correct. It'd be like, you know, I'm dating Winslow, Arizona. That's so cool. To nobody's surprise, the Witch King Connor Mama Walde walks away with dozens of interested partners of all kinds of terrains. But the real surprise and one of the things that people find maybe one of the most charming parts of it is that OIC U812 made a deep and meaningful connection with a post office on High Street in Bromley, Kent, named Greg. The two of them are actually planning on moving in together, they inside of Greg, after the tournament. That is adorable. The circuit of the Great Unfleshing is eliminated, but not destroyed. Congratulations to them. If we could send them a note, I would. And the last match of Redemption Round 1 is Oto Bobotoho versus Celebration of Honey. How's that go? It's not great. The still shockingly large soldier gets off to a very early lead in a contest to penetrate the greatest depth possible in the elemental plane of Earth. 
they just dig like crazy. But Lanap Lep takes their time. After following some of the tunnels that the soldier dug, they drop a cluster of proximity mines into the hole and then set them off as the soldier moves into range and is annihilated by the explosives. The queen is outraged at this, and there's a full investigation. It takes two hours to finally become resolved. The committee announces that the, while the Durari's use of equipment didn't constitute an attack because it was dropped equipment and therefore did not break the no combat allowed provision, their unsportsmanlike conduct caused a boon to be stripped away from them and awarded the celebration of honey for their next match. Oto Bobatoho eliminated from the tournament. So if she won, but her warrior got destroyed, does she have a champion anymore? She cannot have a champion anymore and thus is removed from the tournament. Oh, does she take her boon with her? She does. And she plans on either utilizing it next tournament or giving it to another team in the tournament before the tournament's over. She hints that through your translator, by the way. You tell her, I'm sure she will make wise decisions with it. I trust in the judgment of the Ender Queen. Unfortunately, that means that Mayday goes straight through their redemption round two because they were going to be facing the person that ended up the winner of that event. Well, and then there's us, right? We're left. You're the last champion match of the day. Holiday Havoc. Here comes Santa's Claus as a Real Play Games podcast production. Megaverse and Rifts are copyright and registered trademarks owned by Palladium Books. Brulix, Heroes Unlimited, Nightlands, Nightlords, Pajluznik, Rulian Translator, Splugorth, and Valtegor are trademarks of Palladium Books Incorporated and Kevin Symbaida, used with permission. If you want to know more about the Heroes Unlimited 2nd Edition role-playing game or Palladium's host of other amazing role-playing games, you can find them all at www.palladiumbooks.com or wherever fine RPG products are sold. Our theme music is Silent Night, Unholy Night by the talented Alexander Nakarada and used under extended license, which includes sync licensing. If you want to find more of Alexander's tunes, head to www.serpentsoundstudios.com. If you'd like to get in contact with the pod, you can reach us at RealPlayPod on Twitter or email us at RealPlayGamesPodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can find our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash RealPlayGamesPod and get early access to new episodes as well as an expanding amount of exclusive content. Thanks for listening and happy holidays from all of us here at the podcast.